0: You are listening to Here Now Podcast, where we dive deep into faith, hearing loss, and lifestyle, and talk about all the things that you need to be equipped in this journey we call life. I'm your host, Sophia Labano, and this show is here for you to find encouragement in the everyday life that God created for you. Make sure to subscribe to never miss an episode. Thanks for your support. Now let's get into the show. Hello, everybody. What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Here Now Podcast. I'm so excited to have Bet Lucas today because we've already been chatting for so long and she's just full of wisdom and beauty and light and I love it so much. So, Bet, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, it's an honor to be here. And yes, it seems like whenever my name is in a sentence, the word chatty is there because I could probably chat with you all day. And <laughs> you are, I think, we're similar souls in that. So, such an honor to be here yeah
0: so i am so excited to have you share all about your wisdom with your health journey and intermittent fasting and even the big question at the end of curly hair and intermittent fasting so why don't you just get started tell us a little bit about yourself and your health journey i'm really interested to hear about it
1: sure so i'm 40 years old just turned 40 this year hard to believe because i remember when my parents were 40 that seemed like like they were seventy, um, but I am a mom of six little ones, ages six months to eleven. COVID, I've actually been uh, working remotely, which is, has been really kind of a unique, special treat because my job normally requires some travel and different things. And I have been on a health journey in the past few years of my life because. What kind of happened is that as my life became more and more filled with different components, my career, my kids, my faith, whatever you want to call it, all these things I loved, but were growing, they were they were filling this room, my health slowly started going down the priority list. And... You know, looking back to like when I was your age, Sophia, I was always like decently healthy. Like I wasn't always, I wasn't like this crazy unhealthy person. I played three sports in high school. I actually really missed playing sports in college. Like when I went to wow. college, that was a huge, hole, huge hole for me. Like I remember going and like, I didn't realize how much sports were a part of my, of who I was going into college. And so I've always been decently active. But I kind of hit this point where uh, whatever I had tried health-wise, all the things I had been told, like count calories. Oh, you need to exercise more. Join a gym. I started trying, like when I said, okay, I'm going to take back my health. I'm going to prioritize it more. I started kind of doing those things. And not that I'm here to bash. If those things work for you and you like those things, that's great. But what I found for me in my journey is that they weren't working for me anymore. And it wasn't that like, you know, looking back, those tools had worked for me to some degree in the past. You know, I could just say, oh, I, I'm going on this trip or I'm doing this thing. I want to drop 10 pounds. I'm going to exercise like crazy and I'm going to count my calories. And, you know, your generation is probably a little different, but when I was younger, it was like, oh, you just, did Weight Watchers, and they're counting calories, so you did an app, and and that's what we would do, you know? But the, the ironic thing would be is that it would take a lot of time. It felt very hard. It always felt like you were struggling, like I was on the struggle bus, like, you know, you felt very limited, you yeah. know? You were always hungry, and it was hard. It took a lot of time, and with six kids, a busy career, I started be like, challenging, going, you know... I don't know if those are the right tools for me. And what I started to realize is that other moms and other women and other people were feeling the same, that the traditional tools that we had been told all these years, do a lot of small meals throughout the day, snack constantly, uh, keep your metabolism going, exercise, 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 maybe isn't the answer for everyone. And Um, I think there's a lot of hope in that message because I think what people think when they try those things and they don't work or they try them, they lose 10 pounds and then they gain 15 pounds back later. They think they're a failure. They think something's wrong with them. They think they didn't try hard enough. And what I'm here to say is you are not a failure. You actually just maybe have the wrong tools in your tool belt. And I'm here to give you some bold tools for your tool belt that I believe can apply to anyone's journey. And if someone like me, who has a pretty chaotic life, pretty imperfectly chaotic, it's beautiful, but managing all I manage my podcast, my job, my kids. I have to have health tools that work and that are not overly complicated. And it's like I kind of found some. And now I'm so passionate about them because I want other people to have these tools. Because to me, these tools are a lifetime worth of of things that you can have in your tool belt, right? You can have them in your tool belt. And they're not crazy hard. And they're not something where you feel like I'm a failure. And so that's what, why I'm, I think I'm so passionate to share about it on my podcast and with you. And I, I want others to find what I feel like I have found and I'm far from perfect and I'm not done on my health journey. I will not be done until the day that I die. I won't <laughs> be, but I, uh, but I have found some tools that I feel help me be my best in the area of career family my faith my marriage and so that's why I love sharing about them
0: that's amazing yeah I mean you have such an inspirational journey and you know last year I think everybody struggled with the whole fresh I call it the COVID-15 you know I was a freshman in college so I'm like okay it's you know freshman 15 but COVID edition um So after that, I was like, okay, we're moving into summer and I just want to feel good about myself. So how did you start to discover what intermittent fasting was? And could you explain that for people as well?
1: Sure. So kind of our old way of thinking or our prior way of thinking was we needed to snack constantly to keep our metabolism going. So instead of three meals a day or two meals a day, it was really six meals a day. And those needed to be healthy foods. Okay. Now, some people define healthy foods as low calories. Some of us define it as vegan. Some of us define it as high protein. There are so many thoughts around this, but bottom line, that's what usually you were told. Oh, and go join a gym, go run every day and, or do what you're going to do. Intermittent fasting kind of brings it back and says, no, what we need to do is not focus as much on what you eat, but when you eat. Now, I'll talk about what you eat later. But really, step one is fasting is just shortening the amount of time that you're actually eating. And then the rest of the time, you're giving your digestive system a break. And you're not thinking that this old mentality that your metabolism is slowing by not eating during a certain window, you're actually giving your digestive system a break so that it can burn the fat in your body. So kind of think of it like every time you eat, it's your fridge and then your fat stores are the pantry. If we are constantly being fridge and we're constantly taking those fat stores, if the fridge gets empty, but there's the pantry still there. Guess what happens? It goes and burns your fat, your body fat. And unfortunately there's this kind of thought process that, well, that's starving yourself or there. Oh, no, it's really not changing the volume of what you eat too much. It's, it's just taking it and moving it into a shorter amount of time. And it doesn't mean you can eat anything you want. It doesn't mean that, everything's fair game, but the line of one of the lead fasting experts and New York Times bestseller, Jim Stevens, is delay, don't deny. And our goal is to really say, okay, Sophia, instead of we wake up and you think I need a latte from Starbucks, I need my breakfast sandwich, I need my egg cups, I need my yogurt. No, we're going to say, Drink some black coffee, drink some tea, unflavored green tea, drink some hot water, and try to delay that time when you eat. Some of us, when we intermittent fast, we skip breakfast. Some of us skip dinner. Everyone needs to figure out what works best for them and their life, because what works for me isn't going to work for you. But I will say, I'm going to put myself back into freshman bet. I similarly went to college gained the freshman 15. And I actually think I gained more my sophomore year again. Like I, I did not lose weight in my college experience. And some of that I really believe was due to a cafeteria type, um, eating lifestyle. Right. And the other thing was probably lack of sleep, you know, sleep affects our hormones, stress, So if we are ever stressed for tests or whatever, even though I look back and I'm like, my life was not that stressful, but there were, there was stress. That's why certain kids get mono in in college, there's stressful time. And however, I think that there's this cafeteria mentality. So you're going to eat, eat, eat. Oh, I'm hungry. And I remember thinking there was all this food and then you're kind of grazing all day, right? You may never really sit down and eat like a really good solid meal, you're going to go, well, I'm going to go to the coffee store now. Now I'm going to go get a muffin later. Oh, I'm going to get a bagel. Oh, I'm going to have an apple now. And what I challenge people to do is that if that grazing is working for you, you're feeling your best. You're not feeling like you're gaining weight. You're not feeling like just like a little bit foggy. However, the majority of us are feeling a little bit foggy, like no matter how much healthy food, we don't know why. Well, I believe is that it's due to this hormonal hormonal issue, again, that they are sustainable for our life. So intermittent fasting for me really has changed my life in a lot of ways because I, I'm like, wow, it's that simple. like I don't need a fasting powder. I just need to hone in the time frame I'm eating. And some days my window can be longer, sometimes it can be shorter. And just by implementing that, I have seen so many positive change. And I look back at how hard I worked, like how hard I worked to try to, you know, lose those 10 to 15 to 25 pounds that I gained in college. And it just felt like, Nothing was working. And so that's why I really love sharing about intermittent fasting and why I like to encourage people. The key to me on intermittent fasting is also clean fasting. So clean fasting means when you're fasting, when you're not eating, you can't have coffee with cream. You can't have a Diet Coke. You can't have a LaCroix flavored. You can have green tea, unflavored black coffee, unflavored, uh, no cream. You can have a uh, sparkling water. Uh, you can have hot water. You can have black tea as long as it doesn't have flavoring. But you're going to look at a lot of fasting experts out there and they're going to, certain ones are going to say, oh, you can have some MCT oil or you can have some bone broth or you can have this. And my experience is, is That fasting is way easier. You're gonna think that, oh, but it's gonna help me. Crutch I can, it'll make this fasting easier if I have a bone broth or if I is so-and-so said I could. But really, at the end of the day, if you want to have your fasting journey be easier, I highly recommend your first step is to clean fast right out of the gate. And you're and I know everyone's gonna say, but bet, I love my coffee. I don't want to give up my cream in my coffee. Okay, I get it. Have the cream in your coffee in your eating window. Do not have it while you're fasting because if you are having it, that is not a clean fast and it will make your fasting harder. I just did an episode on this. People don't believe me until they try it. And then they're like, oh, that was a lot easier.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So there's so much information that you just gave us and I'm so thankful. Um, So let's talk about the kind of windows. Like you said, what are some of the windows that you recommend? Because you've heard like the 16 or 8, I'm totally butchering this or whatever it might be, but what is your experience with the windows of time?
1: Definitely. There are so many different, I like to call, all them fasting shoes out there. And just like we all like different styles of clothes and different hairstyles and different things, what I would say is a great starting point can be a 16-8. And that's what you're gonna hear the majority of people say when they're starting. And what does sixteen-eight mean? 16 means the amount of hours you are fasting. So you can start and include the hours of your sleep. So let's say you go to bed at 8 o'clock and that is when you stopped eating. You had, a, you had a, a decaf coffee with some cream right before bed or you had a Diet Coke or you had a banana, whatever. 8 o'clock is when you stopped. That means to get 16 hours the next time that you can open your window is, is 16 hours later. And that would be noon the next day, right? So at noon, you can open your window. And at that point in time, I recommend eating like you normally did. Eat a very good, nutritious lunch. And then before then, though, it was black coffee. It was sparkling water. It was hot water. Again, no flavored LaCroix, no flavored spin drifts. Um, nothing with flavor in that morning timeframe. And I promise you can do it. And then, um, at, when you're eating, try to eat something, don't open with, you know, a donut, try not to now I'm not, I don't want you to make in the first few days, I don't want you to make a lot of eating changes. If that's normally what you open your window with, okay. But try to open your window with a protein, some good veggies, and something where you're like, I'm satisfied. You don't want to overeat, but you're like, oh, and then your likelihood of grabbing for something else is going to reduce. And then you have eight hours. Now, eight hours does not mean you eat that whole eight hours, and part of you is going to be like, oh my gosh, I got to eat all the things at first. You're going to think eight hours doesn't feel very long. But the more and more you fast, it's like a fasting, it's a muscle. You have to practice because what seemed really hard to me years ago now seems like a breeze. Like if you told me 16-8, I'm like, oh, big deal. Like I could do that in no problem. But I am not undermining that it's hard at first. It is hard at first. It's a challenge at first. Now, if you do a 16.8 and you're like, bet that, that's impossible, move it back a half an hour then. Do a 15 hour and 30 minutes and then start moving towards each 30 minutes more. Now, if there's a lot of people that are your age listening to this, what I want to say is more fasting doesn't mean more results. So, what, where am I going with that? Some people think, well, I got results at 16.8, I'm going to bump right to a 24. What does that mean? 20 hours fasting four hours eating. The problem with condensing windows too much for some people is they make poor food choices. And so they don't actually choose food that serves them, or they start feeling like they need to binge. Like they're like, I got to eat all the things. I got to eat all the things. Now, some people eat, do really well with a 20 and four window. They love it. They eat well, they satiate themselves. They get enough protein, nutrients, all the things However, I would say that if that isn't working for you, don't assume that more weight loss or more health results are going to come out of a, a, out of a shorter window. For some people, it does. A really nice fit for me in my, where I'm at in my life is kind of a six to eight hour eating window. So I'm going to open around, let's say noon, and then that would mean I would close around six to eight what does that look like? I think that looks like a great midday lunch. Some days I actually try not to snack much after that lunch and then maybe a lighter dinner. So you could call it, I'm eating one and a half kind of meals, or I'm eating two some days. And then some days I do not have dinner. I just say, you know what? I was really satiated at lunch, I made sure and got plenty of protein, plenty of nutrients from lots of green leafy vegetables or some sort of, and you know what, I had some good fats, maybe that thrown in helped me, so maybe that's avocado, maybe your fat is your salad dressing, and that fat, watch out for too much sugar, but on salad dressing, but that's a great way. Now, let's say you're, hey, hey, you know what, I really don't, I really like breakfast, I want to have cream in my coffee when I first wake up. What do I do then bet? Okay, you need to have an early window. So you can open your window at 8. Let's say you open at 8 o'clock. I open up 8 o'clock. I want some coffee with cream. I want some eggs and I want some bacon or whatever you might have. Okay, no problem. Your eight-hour window would be kind of 8 a.m., right, to 4 p.m. Then you're done, Now, if you do that for a few weeks and you're like, oh, bet, this is really easy, I'm feeling really good, you can do the opposite of what I said if it's really hard. You can start shortening it by a little bit and then figure out the shoe that fits you best. And the shoe that fits you best doesn't have to be the everyday shoe. Tomorrow, it could be 17 hours felt really good to fast. That felt great. You know what? One day you could be like, 20 hours felt really good. And then some days your body's going to tell you, no, I think you need to eat and I'm hungry now. Perfect. If you really think it's true hunger, not just boredom, not just emotional, not just anxiety, not just your boyfriend broke up with you. If you think it's really that it's not COVID, I'm stressed out about COVID, then that's okay to eat. Just try to reach for the right thing. And I really believe that if you're eating the right foods, the highest nutrient foods, good proteins, and getting enough of those things, the likelihood of you grabbing the crap is going to go down. It, it just is. And I'm human like all of you. And the only reason that I can make sure I don't overeat my pantry, my uh, kids' sugary treats that they got hidden around the house, is by making sure I eat a really good satiating midday meal. And when I was in college, I just think I grazed. I grazed all day and it was pretty healthy grazing. Now, I probably was drinking too sometimes and that probably didn't help when I hit 21. I was, you know, I and staying up late, not getting as much sleep. However, I want to emphasize that you can pick a window, but... Don't think that because Sophia's window is a nineteen five that a nineteen five is for you. Don't think just because I do a seventeen eight that that is the right window for you. Um, so I'm sorry, not seventeen eight. That would be a um, seventeen <laughs> seven. But you, we gotta, you gotta just try on a lot of shoes and um, and then promise me when you first start, you're not gonna make all these major food changes, but you're going to clean fast. And you're not when your window opens, don't just graze within that window either. Really try to eat more meal based things that can satiate you and keep you from that constant grazing because that constant grazing didn't work for you. It made your insulin and blood sugars go nuts. And that is why your body could never burn fat. It's because it constantly had inbound energy. And that's why your body at first will be mad at you. It will be mad. It wants that constant. It, it likes that you are constantly giving it snacks. I mean, look at, look at a dog. Do you think they're ever sad about a constant snack? No. They'll overeat themselves till they can barely walk, right? At least my lab will. <laughs> might so too. just realize the reverse, right? The first 30 days, it's just going to be two things. Clean fast, pick a window, have grace for yourself, and don't change much else. And see how you feel. Try on a few things, but don't don't try everything all at once. You've got to kind of give it some time. And for the first 30 days at first, it may feel hard. And but then you're gonna hit a stride, I promise.
0: That's awesome. Wow, so much good information. Um, I was getting to the point where I was like, I used to be so hungry when I would wake up and I was like, I need to eat breakfast right away. Um, And then after my mom started listening to you and just kind of all the things that you were saying, then I was like, okay, well, maybe I can start to push myself a little bit. Um, So if I wake up at eight, I'm not going to eat breakfast until maybe 11, sometimes close to noon. Um, And so just from a personal perspective, if we're up late studying or anything, how do you deal with the desire to snack super late at night? Do you say, do we push our window in the morning and not eat as early?
1: So I get that completely. I find the evening is the most problematic, whether you are 15 to 25 or you are my age or you're 60 to 85. It's just it's a hard time because the later you stay up, the more tired you usually are snacking definitely coincides with that snacking is also kind of boredom right like we're used to having food and foods around especially if you're studying right what I would recommend are two things either don't have an evening window uh, so you you literally cut yourself off and when everyone else is snacking you have hot water you have tea you have I can't drink coffee late at night, but you know what? When I was your age, I could and still go to sleep. It's so bizarre. Um, But college, we're just, you're just an amazing human being. I don't know.
0: I don't drink coffee, so I don't understand like the need to have
1: coffee. (laughs) Don't go. Well, that's great because really coffee in a lot of ways is masking something. If you're that tired and really can't function without coffee, uh, that's usually when something else is saying, Hey, you need to sleep a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> you need to, your health is probably so not a bad thing. Samia. So I would say one, cut your window. Um, because to me, if you don't have that strict cutoff at some point, you're going to keep doing it. You're going to keep the tortilla chips they are going to come there. You're going to go grab another, even if it's a nutritional bar or protein bar. Um, So you can either not have an evening window or just cut yourself off. So you start saying a positive statement. I am someone who only eats until 7 p.m. Or I am someone who only eats till 10 p.m. So in a 10 p.m. life, let's say that's even kind of late, your window could be, you know, four to 10. Your window could be two to 10. And especially if you're staying up late, you're probably sleeping in more. So maybe that's not as late as it may seem at first. I regularly open my window between 11 and two to three. So my window changes. So, but if you would have told me when people used to say two or three to open my window, I'd be like, they'd be like, oh, I, I, I could, I just, I just can't. No. no, no, you can, you can. Um, It's just, we've been so trained to eat all the time. And I, like you, when I used to wake up, I'd drive to work. I'd go to Starbucks and get my latte. Then I would go, I would sometimes make another stop to get a breakfast sandwich because I had to have breakfast. I was starving. And then I'd be at my desk. And then a few hours later, I'd want some nuts. I'd want some carrots. I'd want, oh, I'll have the protein bar. I mean, I was snacking constantly. And if you looked at my snacks or my food, you probably would have said, that doesn't look so unhealthy. And yet I could not budge the scale. I could not get rid of my inflammation. And I wasn't like drastically overweight, but I was like 40 to 50 pounds at a place where I just couldn't move it. And then I'd move it a little bit, but nothing really moved the needle. And I think intermittent fasting along with those tweaks of making a little bit more food choices that are more meal based versus snacking really are two powerful things that can help you.
0: That's amazing. My mom always tells me dine in instead of dine out. And I thought, this is great, like, you know, if I'm working out, I'm not going to work out after having a large meal, that's not going to do anything. So if I'm not eating in those windows of intermittent fasting, I'm going to go work out or I'm going to make sure that I'm continuing to dine in um, instead of filling my body with all the foods and salty snacks and everything. Um, So do you know if there's any um, fasting windows that are not healthy or dangerous or anything that you would recommend against?
1: Yeah. So I think if you're someone who has maybe a history of disordered eating uh, or prone to disordered eating, obviously there is caution to be exercised. However, a few of my guests on my podcast, one recently, she is uh, she discusses her bipolar journey. And she really feels that intermittent fasting helped her on her mental health journey, because it freed her from constantly thinking about food. It freed her from counting calories, being obsessed with how many macros were in this and weighing her food. It was literally, this is when I eat, this is how I try to eat within this window. And And the rest of the day, she didn't have to think about it. And what she says is she really believes she was suffering from like a food obsession on just, it was overwhelming her on what to do. I also just back to my original advice that more fasting doesn't mean better. And some people will just keep shortening their windows. They'll go 23 and one, they'll do 22 and two. And for certain people on their health journey, Maybe they're significantly overweight, maybe in and maybe classified as obese. Maybe they can't walk on their journey. They can fast for longer because they have a lot of body fat to lose. But when you are in your college years, I still think that you can have a very kind of moderate approach to intermittent fasting and still have some great results. I do not think you need to go just uber crazy on what you've seen on YouTube. Uh, The other thing I would say, though, is that if at any point you're just feeling like it's and and you've done it for more than 30 days, the first 30 days, your emotions, your hunger, all of that's going to be a little wacky, but you've Clean fasted, clean fasted for 30 days. And then from that point forward, if you ever feel like, oh, like sluggish, you're not feeling like quite right, you probably need to either look at your food choices. Or you need to adjust your window. And widening your window, again, isn't always the worst thing because sometimes with widening it, you're making better food choices. So I would caution anyone if they are doing a really short window and they're just making crap food choices and they're doing like a binging type behavior. Then they need to widen their window or take a break for a few days or figure out a different shoe for them. That's really what I would caution. And um, sometimes the more we relax and just rest and just have peace about it and no obsess about it, and I think that's what intermittent fasting helps us do, then you know what? A lot of times that stress releases, you know, stress can help us hold on to weight. And people don't realize that, that it affects our cortisol, which helps us think, oh, we got it. We got to keep this weight because, you know, in our ancestors, when they had stressful moments, they were running from a wild beast trying to eat them, or they were, you know, they're trying to survive. So stress meant maybe lack of food. And so our body goes, oh, well, I'm going to hold on to this weight, right? So the more we can relax just take it easy. And if you're feeling kind of cruddy after, after doing it for a while, you may need to eat more, not eat less and eat better and maybe widen. That's my advice.
0: That's such great advice. Yeah. It's funny you say that about the whole ancestors and survival type thing. And one of my favorite shows to watch is Survivor. Have you ever seen that? Yes. So I'm looking at these people, I'm like, wow, the amount of time that it took them to lose weight because they're not eating, they're kind of relaxed, they're on a beach, they're just enjoying their life. Um, I'm like, wow, I should go on that show and <laughs> everything will be better. <laughs> everything a will tans. be soft. <laughs> yes, nice exactly. Tans. I mean, you live in your bathing suit for 40 days, what could be better? Um, but I look at these people, they have very limited access to food and they're really just they're treasuring what they have in their short amount of time that they can eat too. Um, Plus they're doing all these physical activities, which brings me to my next question is where do we factor in exercise while we're fasting? So we don't end up with, you know, passing out while we're not eating in those windows. So what is your advice for that?
1: Yeah, no, that's great. I cannot agree more that, um, I think that the more we can just relax and enjoy it. And remember that our ancestors did not have drive-throughs. They didn't have Instacart. They didn't have, for every piece of food they ate, they had to kind of work for and find and walk to and run to or hunt it. And even if you don't want to go that far back in history, Your grandparents, I guarantee it, or your great-grandparents did not eat three meals a day. I guarantee they didn't snack. I guarantee it. They ate probably one to two meals a day, and you know what? A lot of them clean fasted. And if you look back, the weight issues, the health issues that we have today in our society were not there with our grandparents and great grandparents' generations because food was not so readily available. And so I just want people to think like this concept of fasting, isn't that crazy. It's actually just wasn't called fasting back then. So in terms of exercise, so I exercise regularly. I love to exercise. I love to move my body. I love to incorporate movement. But what I want everyone to do is I want them to boldly realize that if, your goal is weight loss. If that's what you need, if that is what you know that you need to lose some weight, your BMI is too high. I I don't love BMI, but I'm trying to give an example. Um, I knew I needed to lose some weight. I was not as healthy as I could be. So if you know that, yes, I want you to exercise. Yes. I want you to move. However, if you are starting on your fasting journey for the first 30 days, if you don't normally exercise or you just normally go for a walk every day, do some yoga here and there, I don't want you to add a lot in that first 30 days. And a concept that a lot of people think, they think, oh, well, I could never exercise on an empty stomach. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I do it all the time. I actually exercise regularly and intermittent fasters all over the world. Exercise after fasting more than 10, 20, 30, 40 hours at times. I have ultra runners on my show that exercise faster, fasted. That means they're running 50 to 100 miles fasted. So just, I just, we have to kind of change our thought process a little bit. However, We have to baby step this because this is more of a mind game than it is a physical game. So now I've physically proven you can do it, but you mentally have to get there. So the first thing I want you to do is just fast for 30 days, do intermittent fasting for 30 days, not fast straight for 30 days. And I want you to um, do whatever exercise you were doing. And if you want to rein back a little bit, you can, if, um, if you ever feel a little bit like you get a headache, you're feeling a little bit like something feels off, likely that is a, you need some salt. And so sodium, potassium, magnesium are the main electrolytes. Like a creator, Rob Wolf created them, LMNT, like element packets. There's unflavored ones. You can have those. When you're fasting, you can also have trace minerals, which are electrolytes found on Amazon. And or go grab some pink salt or some salt, put it on your tongue or put it in your black coffee. I know it sounds crazy, but salt just will often perk you right up because that feeling a lot of times, always hunger isn't always that the fast is going bad. You just need a little bit of electrolytes. So, yes, you can exercise. Don't overthink. The timing of when you exercise, before your fast, after your fast, during your fasting. Just do what you normally did and keep testing it. But what I want to give you encouragement is that it's more of a mental thing than it is a physical thing. You mentally, all of us think, oh, we could, I used to think I could never, I needed the goo or I needed a protein bar or I needed this. And you really don't. Uh, you, you really don't. And doesn't mean that I'm telling you, you need to go run a marathon fasted today. It's really baby steps. Try going for a walk and actually exercise can be a great way to help you fast because let's say you have an hour left on your fast in your window, go for a walk. It's a great thing to take up that time and that boredom that instead of walking to the pantry and going and grabbing a bag of chips, go for a quick walk.
0: That's all awesome. Yeah. I mean, I can't add anything else to it. I mean, it's just so much good information coming. Um, so how, in terms of results, you know, you're saying if the shoe fits, there's different shoes that we can wear. Um, and I know it's going to be different for everybody, but what are some of the things that we can do to like see those results? You know, if you're a person that needs to see tangible results, should we expect a quick turnaround in a week? Is it going to take years? Like, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I do think... For people that have, if weight loss is the goal, I do think that they will see pretty quick results because their body was used to getting constant inbound food. What is quick results, though? We all have different different theories around this. Now, some people who don't have and I would say the majority of these the listeners here probably don't have more than let's call it 50 pounds to lose let's say the majority of here more of the, probably the majority it's like I want to lose 50 pounds or less your journey's gonna be a little bit slower but here's the encouragement results with fasting last this is not the diet programs of the past this is not the juice fast that Sally told you you to do. This isn't, this is not the type where you just lose a bunch of water weight and it comes all right back and more. I'm going to emphasize this is such a lifestyle. And what you'll see is, is that they, the, the scale will consistently go down, but it will also stay down. Like it, it, that's what I, I noticed with fasting. So We, I love to repeat, we are worthy of more than fast. We are worthy of things that last. And let's let go of this old diet mentality where we're trying to drop 10 pounds in a week, because guess what? You did not lose 10 pounds of fat in a week. You just lost some water weight. So I want to reassure people that it is not always as fast as you want if you're comparing it to diets that just help you drop water inflammation. However, if you want to lose fat on your body, it is the best way to do so. And the fastest way to do so. Now, what can you, you can expect the first thing I want you to do, you don't have to share it with anybody. Take a picture. Doesn't have to be with no clothes on. Doesn't have to be in your underwear. Take a picture in something. I want you to take a measurement, take a measurement, take two. Most of us can just measure our waistline. Maybe you want to measure your, your thigh. Fasting will get you different body composition than, again, your traditional diets. And what you may see is your circumference of your waist, your thighs will go down, and yet the scale doesn't always move. And a lot of people will say, well, that's because muscle weighs more than fat. Okay, well, one pound of muscle is the same as one pound of fat. It doesn't weigh more because it's one pound each. What the difference is, is is that it's by volume and muscle. If you look at a picture as someone is losing weight, muscle kind of fits different, a lot of excess fat. So what can happen with fasting is that it's such a good way to burn excess fat on our bodies that a lot of us will report that we will go two weeks without losing weight. And yet we're down a gene size. And it's like, what? Or we'll notice like our midsection like I can wear a belt now Sophia. I couldn't wear a belt for a long time or it wasn't comfortable for me to wear a belt because you guys, if you are uh, on your period, if you are um, if you just ate a lot of heavier food yesterday, sorry to be a little bit more crass if you didn't poop, you know, th- those things are gonna affect your scale. So we need to get away from this day-to-day swings what I think you, if you like the scale and it's not a toxic tool for you, if it's a toxic tool, don't use it. If it's a, if, if you want to use it, what you want to look as your, is your averages. So time after time, week after week, that's going the right. If you're just looking day to day, that doesn't tell you anything. That's not telling you the amount of fat you are losing. So for me and my journey I lost 40 to 50 pounds in, in a month's amount of time. It wasn't years. Um, so I find that that's, that can be doable depending on how much weight you lose. Also, depending if you have other healing that needs to happen. So intermittent fasting It's first goal isn't always weight. It may be trying to heal something else in your body. And, you know, one of the phrases that Jen Stevens likes to use, it is the health plan with a side effect of weight loss. Watch those non-scale victories too. Like how's your mental clarity? How's your energy? How's your bloating? How is your sleep? how, you know, look at all of those things too. Uh, if you have skin tags, how are those doing? How's your hair? You know, all these other things that this, your skin, are you seeing improvements in your skin and your eyesight? People report that their eyesight improves with intermittent fasting. And so those are things I would say, if you're kind of wanting results, no, you're not going to lose in all the weight you want in 10 days. No, you're probably not going to Get all the results you want in 30 days. Will you get some results? Yes, you will. I guarantee you get something in your 30-day period. And I guarantee, too, that at some point you might get a whoosh. And what does a whoosh mean? Whoosh means that your body knows everything's kind of moving along. Not all of us just move, move the scale like this. Sometimes we go like this. We go straight, and then we do a big drop. All of our bodies hold on to weight differently
0: that's so interesting and I just I don't know I just so and I guess amazed by all the knowledge that could happen and you know how much it affects your skin and your sleep like there's just so many benefits that could come out of it other than just weight loss um and so back to an earlier point that we were talking about and I'm interested to hear your theories on this about curly hair and intermittent fasting so we briefly talked about this before we started recording so what what do you what do you got
1: Okay. So I think it kind of folds into my, you know, my premise of wanting everyone to live boldly in their life and that boldness isn't being loud. Boldness doesn't have to be having 6 million kids or, or, uh, having working outside the home. It, it really is curly hair and fasting to me are, we sometimes are fighting our own body we're fighting things, and we're making things more hard than they need to be. And with fasting, it really doesn't have to be hard. It may be at first when you're first trying it, but if it's too hard, and if you're overthinking it too much, and it's not feeling good, you need to tweak it until it's easy. Tweak it till it feels good. What feels natural for you? And what i found is for natural for me isn't essentially what most of us do. I naturally love having a great lunch and, and that's my bigger meal of the day. And it's kind of sometimes a later lunch. And I feel so good when I do that, Sophia. And then I sometimes have a light, light dinner or no dinner. It just kind of depends. But... If I would force myself to do what everyone tells me to do, which is I have to eat at this time, I have to snack, or dinner should be my biggest meal, you know what? I'm kind of fighting my body. I'm also making things more complicated. Curly hair. Here we go. Don't fight your curly hair so much. I'm not saying that you need to wear it curly every day. I am not saying that you need to um, think it's bad if you ever straighten your hair. No. No. But make it a little easier, simplify your life a little bit more and stop these thoughts that your curls are not beautiful. You know what? The more you start embracing them, just relaxing and kind of, again, tweaking it till it's easier, right? Till it's easier. Make it work for you. For instance, today, before this interview, I haven't washed my hair for quite a few days. I try to go as long as possible. I was tempted to get in the shower and wash my hair. And you know what? Instead of that, I said, no, I'm going to take this scarf. I'm going to figure it out in my hair. And what did that save me? Saved me like an hour. It simplified my life. And I got over this mental block that I needed to straighten my hair. I got over this mental block that I needed. I had to, it would look better this way. And I think, you know, You have to think bold when it comes to your health, intermittent fasting, and kind of your hair. And I I really want to encourage people that a lot of things in life, you kind of have to challenge what you've always been told or what you've always thought. And there's a lot of things when you really take a step back, when you think of things, you're like, Oh, I had a been And so I want to encourage you to rock those curls. Wear the bold colors if you like them. Wear black if you like black. Wear, but don't, don't just follow what everyone else is telling you to do. It is time for you to blaze your big, bold trail. And in college and everywhere else, that is the challenge. Because you are called to move your own, own, own building you're you're called to blaze your own path and we can't be blazing our own path if we're not being a little bit bold in our health journey and a little bit bold with our style and our and who we are called to be and that's why i i really believe in that word bold because boldness if we don't live boldly you know what we're going to stay in our rut we're not going to change we're not going to challenge and we're probably not going to hear that bold voice that's talking to us and telling us, you know what, I know you want to go this way. I know you think, but this is this is where you're called to go. And I think the more you prioritize your health, the more you can hear that voice better.
0: Wow. I love how it just is, I guess, integral to every part of your life that this little thing called fasting can really change your perspective. On so many things. So, yeah, you did talk about being bold. What's your podcast where people can connect with you and learn more from you?
1: Yes. So, my podcast is called Living Your Big Bold Life Podcast. And I tackle topics like health, intermittent fasting, career, and family. And when I say the word career, some of the people I talk to work out of their home, don't work at all. To me, Everyone works. We all just work differently, right? And family, I talk about that with family doesn't have to mean that your family looks like my family. And health and fasting, I I interview people on how they've had success on their intermittent fasting journey and their health journey. And really kind of back to my original message that to me, there's two components in living boldly is that we need to be bold to prioritize our health, bold to maybe challenge what we've always been told, and bold enough to say, oh, okay, I can go. I can do this. I can live the life that I am called to live to the best of my ability. And I'm going to be bold, even though I'm a little bit scared at times, even though fear is is pulling at me. And that's really what I want to leave you with on every episode is encouragement that an inspiration that you can boldly do this and you have all of it within you and you, that heart is telling you it's telling you and it wants it wants to lead you on to your big bold life and so I'd love for you to come listen I'm on Instagram as Lou. Betl- Lucas, and as Big Bold Life podcast, and I'd love to connect with all of you. And I am imperfectly learning too. So, I uh, in five years from now, I hope that a lot of what I say today is different, right? Right? I hope I hope I've learned even more. So, don't think any of our journeys are ever done, and don't think that I ever think I know it all. I'm here learning right with you.
0: I love it. Yes, Beth, this is so good, and I've learned so much, and I hope everybody else did too. Um, I mean, I honestly have to have you back on for part two. I still have so many more questions about everything, and I'm sure people will as well, but what you've left left us with is definitely going to inspire me at the very least to kind of take a look at my journey and live bold, and I love it. It's just so good. That's going to be my motto for the rest of this week is living bold. I love it
1: oh well you're such a light thank you for having me
0: yeah and thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode of here now podcast all of bet's links will be down in the show notes below and without further ado have a wonderful week and we'll see you next time